right, we got Bam here. Shout out to the Nuggets. Yeah, what a what an what an amazing uh, what an amazing way to start the to start the weekend. Back uh, in my college uh, stoner days, I would always say my second and third favorite team were the Blazers and the Nuggets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, we got Eve here. I think Kool Aid's gonna end up, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, doing most of the hosting, but uh, waiting on mm. w- waiting on him. Eve, how you feeling about uh, about how you feeling about uh, the Suns getting knocked out? What happened? I said, how you I feeling about you. the Suns getting knocked out? You know, it's a joyous day in the Darboo's residence. We, we've killed a fatted calf. We've lit all the candles. We thank the basketball gods today for exerting their karmic punishment on that jack off Kevin Durant. I I'm so thrilled that this shit happened, and I'm I'm just mad that it didn't happen in the first round, and Kawhi got hurt. Cause then that would have really put the proper, uh, proper spin on it, you know? Yeah, they they probably would have lost. Yeah, they would have lost. They def they definitely would have lost if Kawhi and Paul George were healthy. Yeah. Oh, uh, they would have been swept. They would have been swept. Yep. No, they they didn't look they didn't look good. They they were able to eat by, you know. People were were, were calling him him. He, he's not a him. He's some other pronoun. Um, and you know what? I'm glad, I'm glad it went down because it's sports at the end of the day, right? We can all have these philosophies around players and who they are and what they do that they're real life superheroes. Yeah. But, but we're allowed to hate in sports. Like it's, it's acceptable to be a hater in sports. Yeah. But it's, it's deeper than that though. It's, it's, it's get back. This, this dude didn't even go, let me give you three choices of where I want to go. I want to go here. You're going to trade me here and you're going to accept any package that you get from me or I'm going to be a malcontent on your team. That level, that type of character deserved what happened last night. And I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm so happy. I will say it is starting to feel a little bit like just with the past championship winners and whatnot, it does feel a bit like karma plays a, a, a bit of a role with everything like I, I like, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get all, you know, spiritual and higher level or anything like that, but you know, like the bucks getting their title and last year, you know, like the warriors coming back and getting theirs. And the fact that it was the warriors and the Celtics, two teams who like for the most part have obviously done things the right way and seeing teams like, you know, us and the Clippers. And I mean, we'll see what happens with the Lakers and whatnot, but the cutting corners thing, it's been nice to see that so far that hasn't worked. And then seeing the Suns also get eliminated. If the Sixers do as well today, I mean, that, that'll just add to it. But I do agree with you, even like there does seem to be some, there's, there's something afoot with the, with the basketball gods that seem to like the teams that come together. Although I'm sure now that I said this, we're going to have, you know, a, a fucking like Sixers Lakers final, but. Yeah. But even if you, even if you did, they're, they're suffering. To being the Sixers, and Bede has been there forever. Tobias has been there forever. There's an operating system that they have, whether it had been under Doc or Brown. They, they, you know, 
it, it wasn't a instant oatmeal. They're, they're not mercenaries, right? There's one mercenary on the team. That's 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 some Harden, but Harden wanted to attach himself to what the Sixers have. Now, is it enough? Does he make it enough? That's what we're going to find out. But when you're building a team, your team needs a spine. Your team needs to have, a, you know, a, a code of, of morals. You know, like that's what, that's, what, that's what got the Heat where they are. The Heat aren't a good team. The, Jimmy Butler is not a super, super duper star. He's not LeBron in his prime. But they understand what they do. They and none of the guys go against it. And if someone goes against us, in their operating system has a as a um a fail safe in the form of Udonis Haslam, um um Pat Riley. Yeah, that's the heat. Is Riley and Spo? Exactly. But the heat the heat culture is in players like Alonzo Mourning and who's a part of the organization. Um um uh you know. Just how they handled things, you know what I mean? Like Jimmy Butler tried to fight his was threatened his coach. LeBron <laughs> wanted to fire Spoelstra, right? And LeBron wanted to fire him, right? But they, but they have their morals. They have their they have their operating system. We didn't have that here. It's, it's some cool said before that maybe Sean Marks wasn't ready to have superstars if he got him the second year. Uh, or a year after when he learned to kind of like ingrain himself in as a GM. But giving superstars whatever they want has never worked and and never will because you need that. You need that. And it's not it's not karma. I'm not going to say Can magic. I jump in? Like, jumping up now? I'm, let me just finish saying, saying this. Um, the, the, the key part of it all, and, if, and you'll notice – and all the winning teams, they go on a journey together. That's how you earn your karma. You, you, the, the, the Celtics have gone on a journey together since they were kids. That's a hard thing to beat. Um, same thing with, with Denver. Denver has gone on a journey with, uh, and, and built it the right way, separate roles. All of that ends up showing out in, your, in the results on the floor. We have to stop being a cheap whore of a team. And start and start actually putting people together, humans together, and saying, "These are the roles. These are the jobs. Let's go play winning basketball and, and have it be the same for a while." That's important. It really is. Sorry, cool. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I was listening over here, tapping my feet. Um, like, oh, he cooking. I just wanted. <laughs> to, I just, I just wanted to get in the kitchen. I'm about to, I was ready to be a prepper. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so I'm about to piggyback on what you said and I'm going to give a little bit more detail so the teams that have struggled and then broke over the barrier they have three things in common they have a GM with a plan right that aligns with the coach that they hire for that plan right number two which is very important they have homegrown talent that they developed and cultivated, and now they hit star status, superstar status, or they're a um, all-star role player and their role for that team, right? And the number th- and the number three thing that all championship teams have or real contenders 
they have one or two assholes. You need an <laughs> asshole. No, seriously. No, that's 100%. what makes that that's what makes the Bucks win. They had Bobby Portis and they had um Tucker. Two assholes. When LeBron and them was winning, right? They had one of the Morris brothers. Don't don't count him as a superstar. Just an asshole, right? Rondo is an asshole. And he was a and an, and he's always been an elite mind. Mm-hmm. Right? So he can outthink the game. When you when you look at even though Boston hasn't made it, Marcus Smart and Robert Williams are their assholes. Right. And Derek White is a quiet asshole. Even uh Grant. Yeah. Yep. You gotta have those dogs. They're, they're the guys you love if they're on your team and you and hate, hate if they're not. Yeah. Right. But yeah. we it's, keep it's having Bogan this cookie and, cutter. You know, we I was gonna say it's Bogan and um and Igudala at, at Golden State. Even they had their ass. Yeah. Oh, Draymond. Draymond is the number one. Draymond, the number one. <laughs> He's the biggest asshole I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, but, but the next that Marks, guy. Yeah, but Sean Marks keep telling us, no, I want the nice guy with the squeaky clean record, right? So my issue is this. You get these dudes, you see that they work, but you want to fit a style and your image. You can't do that in sports. It don't work. Look at my Yankees. They haven't won in a while because that don't work. Yep. You got to get talent. The talent works. If you get the talent and you get more than one set of talent, it'll come together if you have those first two pieces in place, the GM and the head coach walking hand-to-hand with a real plan. It'll work. Who are we talking about today, Clay? Uh, you're talking about Yuta, both Cams, and Royce. All right, who are we starting with? Uh, I'll, I'll let you start, man. Cook up, who you, whichever one you want to start with. All right, so yeah, we did the uh, I think we did uh, Mikhail, Joe, Sumner last episode, uh, and Daron, right? Yeah, kind of like uh, where we think we're gonna go with these guys. Let, let's start with uh, Let's start with Yuta. Um, we'll kind of work our way up. So okay. my, my guess is Yuta is gone uh, for, for, for two reasons. First is I don't think he – if I'm him, I'm not happy with the way things uh, transpired after the deadline. Now, he did have a back injury. We don't know how much that affected him. But much like uh, Cam and Seth uh, – Cam, we talked about, if I'm him and I saw the leash that like Joe and Seth got and I'm sitting on the pine, that wouldn't sit well to me. So I actually like you there. I would be happy to bring him back on another minimum, but I would anticipate that he's out of here. Um, Ease, what do you think about that? Utah. It's so frustrating to watch the net sometimes because they step in shit. They 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 went on something, and then they totally wasted. Yuta is not a world beater by by any means. I'm not I'm not trying to make him what he's not. But this is a guy that they should have done everything they could have possibly done to make a six foot nine guy who could shoot the three 
and is willing to do the dirty business that your stars didn't want to do. And one of the telling things that sometimes the Nets just have no direction, something you said, cool. You said, <clears throat> you said that, uh, how did you to get minutes when, <laughs> when, oh, um, when we contending, when we contending, it can't get. And now that we've traded the superstars, he can't get on the floor anymore. I, I, I'll, I'll never understand the way they make decisions. I just gotta hope that they'll get better at it. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that they look at this kid as someone who, in long seasons, can step in, play heavy minutes. It's kind of like your understudy to a Cam Johnson. You go out and do what that guy does when he needs a rest or when he's hurt or, you know, he just fits in to what they're supposed to be trying to do. But for some reason, mentally, they can't see past the, they can't see past the uh, guys like, you know, um, Seth Curry. I, I almost feel like Seth Curry has a more of a chance of coming back than Yuta, which makes no sense to me except in Sean Marks land. So, you know, like I said, I, I know he had a back issue and maybe that held him out, but his minutes started to dip once the trade happened anyway. So I feel like they were already setting him up to be a guy that was going to be out of the rotation. And, you know, what, he was one of the few guys that actually got out on the break this year. Like, yeah. would get behind the defense, you know, finish with the dunk and transition. It was, really, it was really curious that he just, like, didn't get any minutes in the playoffs at all when they were – struggling to shoot and struggling with size. Right. And and he's the one that's willing to dive to the basket, mix it up, get, you know, he, he does what journeymen do. And well, um, I'm shocked that they didn't value him because I, I, I think he's he goes somewhere and does really well. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel particularly strong. I thought he was – I thought, I mean, obviously I, I enjoyed his minutes. I'm not exactly sure what his what his role is because even though he has good size and he was hitting corner threes at a certain point, he can't really dribble. And I think defensively it was like, it was kind of up and down. I, I will say, and this is something I tweeted about a lot during the year, I thought he got a really, really, really shitty whistle from the refs. I thought he like, I thought there were a lot of times where he played really good G and he actually got in like, not foul trouble, but just got called for th- for touch fouls and stuff like that. That like someone who was more established would have never gotten called for. Um, so I do feel bad from him. Feel bad from from that perspective. But I mean, look, I would. I think he's. I think he's an interesting guy to to have on a roster. But I also do think that when his role got bigger, he did have deer in the headlights a little bit in in, in some of those games. No, no, I I, I agree with pretty much everything that all y'all said, especially the deer in the headlights. I mean, he's a role player, right? And because he led the league in percentage for for three-pointers, I think we as Nets fans, we looked at that and all of a sudden he's this marksman. But in the same sense, role players are going to have up and down games, right? You become a super role player or elite and really get paid when you can actually make the mistakes, play through them to be able to build consistency. And I think once you did the trade or you started, you know, Jock Vaughn started fading him out 
I don't know why, because he was active on defense. He was a bigger body. Um, he, he played better than Joe for the for the duration of their minutes, if you look at it. Yeah, um, and Joe Harris played like trash. Like I if he's not getting minutes, Joe Harris is getting the minutes. And what he yeah. did to those minutes was abysmal. You know, um Joe Joe, Joe got those white privilege minutes. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. You know, I just, I just, and, that, think, and it was the second year in a row. It wasn't yeah. like he was just terrible this year. He's been terrible the last three playoffs, and yeah. they gave him the minutes like he was a perennial all star. So for me, you know, I just think like it becomes how do you how do you go about utilizing guys, really giving them roles? Like that is so important. You cannot give a man twenty minutes plus. When you're trying to contend and then tell him, oh, well, we're trying to figure it out. You're not good enough to play. Regardless if this is back, then shut him down for the year. He shouldn't be in uniform, right? Um, it's, it's just there's not a lot um, concrete things that you know that's consistent from, from, from this organization. And I think if I'm Utah, I'm 28 years old. I showed the league that I have some valuable assets, which is shooting. Shooting is always at the top premium. Yeah, Luca, you know too. Um, <laughs> and and um, shooting and effort. Gonna, yeah, but he, so if he goes to a team with a real system, he's going to thrive because he's six nine. He's active. It doesn't matter how how great of a defender he is. The fact that if you have a defensive system. He's going to be active. He doesn't care about getting dunked on. He's going to, and he's going to hit some shots. So you can ask, you know, and you know his personality in his own way was infectious. Like yeah. he was, a, he was an easy guy to root for, and you felt like the team, like even somebody like Kyrie, was respecting the effort he was bringing to the team and, and, and the production he was bringing. You know, if I KD loved him, yeah, I wouldn't be. I was just going to say, I wouldn't be surprised. If KD says, yo, this guy on the minimum, you know, we're going to be looking for bodies. You know, would have helped Phoenix 100% yeah. coming off their bench. Yeah, that's, I also a, think, that's a great point. They, they could have used think you. I think you to get gets more than the vet minimum. Or he's going to get or he's going to get um, multiple years on the med minimum. He's going to get like a two, three year deal. Hmm. He could. Sam, Sam, take us to take us to all Nets fans' favorite, Cam T. Let's get him out the way because you know that's going to be – we're going to talk about him for a second. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess at this point he's probably – he's arguably the most polarizing player on the team, either him or Ben Simmons. Um, although Cam Thomas actually probably has more fans, which is actually kind of insane, than Ben Simmons does at this point. But, yeah, I mean, obviously Cam is still on his rookie deal. He had – he obviously had his – um his moments this year, the three straight 40-point games coming in and kind of showing his microwave scoring ability, which he's shown throughout, you know, his his uh, time in, in high school and also um, at LSU. I think that – I think he's kind of at a crossroads right now. It's clear that he's not um, – it's probably an understatement to say that he's not Jock Vaughn's favorite. Um, and I don't even get the sense that he's Sean Marks' favorite, even though Sean drafted him. So I, I mean, I would be pretty surprised if he's on the team to start this coming year, just because it doesn't really seem like they, 
want to use him and or know how to use him. Uh, and as Eve always says, like, you know, for one of these smaller guys, he doesn't really have the classic Sean Mark Jacques Vaughn ability in that he doesn't really love to catch and shoot. He kind of does what Harden used to do in terms of getting the ball, dribbling a lot, jabbing, and then shooting. Um, and so I don't know. I, I don't really see a future there with him. I think there's a lot of guys in the league that, that have an incredibly um, big arsenal of of scoring prowess. And I think that he's obviously a special talent, but I don't really, I don't love his attitude. I don't think he really provides anything besides scoring. I think there were times where he probably could have been used more than he was, especially when the offense was in a rut, but I would be, I both hope that he's traded and I think it's probably in the best interest of the team that he's traded. And I think they will look to see what they can get for him. The only question is, and I think no one really knows this is like, what is his actual value at this point? Because you could see someone being in love with him. I could also see, you know, two thirds of the league saying we could get one of these guys from the G league who could just microwave score. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Ben. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually steal a line from Doug Norrie. Cause I was, <laughs> he was talking about him the other day. And I, I thought what he said was, was, was hundred percent. Cam either needs to be moved or he has to be in the rotation next year. And they have to have a plan for him of how they're going to deploy his skill set. Because bringing him back just to have him pout and sit on the bench and on a night where they shut everybody down, he comes in and has 39, that, that doesn't do anything for Cam and it certainly doesn't do anything for us. So I think Sam is right. I don't think he's Vaughn's favorite. But Sean Marks drafted this guy. And I'm sure somewhere in Marks' head, he's thinking when this kid plays, he's putting points on the board. And I'm sure he's not happy with his coaches and his staff in how they've deployed and developed this kid. Now, Nash was trying to get him to become a playmaker. I, I, I think, like, backup point guard almost might even be his role if he embraces the playmaking aspects that come with it. So whatever they do... He either has to be a rotation player next year with a clear cut plan for how they're going to use him, or you move on and get him out of the locker room because he will be net. He will be moody if he's sitting there, you know, playing the same spotty minutes as he was this year. Yeah, he's. He. So Cam has a lot of flaws, right? First, he's undersized. Ugly, too. He, he, he's undersized. He's not a good looking guy. He looks like. Um, an orc. I don't know if you've ever seen orcs. You guys don't like um, sci-fi stuff like me, but he looks like an orc. But that's not his. That's not one of his problems. He could be. He could be very ugly, and still um, play good, good ball basketball. as Reggie Jackson. Um, this dude Cam is one of the just biggest like. Lies <laughs> ever told to your eyes because you see a 40 point game and you watch how he does it and you go, Wow, man, that player is incredible. They haven't won any of those 40 point games. None of the none of the, the breakout games that ha- that he's had has converted into wins. I think maybe one. I think maybe one. I might, but I I, I almost more so believe it's none. The problem with Cam is he gives you everything back that he scores. And when he scores, he becomes a worse defender. You know how some guys, when 
when they make a bucket, it kind of brings them to life. They start playing defense a little harder because they're making shots. No, this dude makes shots, goes down to the other end, and has no idea uh, on how not to just play man-on-man defense or defend the man that's in front of him. This dude, this dude, uh, <laughs> um, Cam Thomas, he he doesn't play good team defense. He doesn't play good good um <laughs> good you know man on man defense. And then worse, he doesn't make players better. You're talking about a player that. Well, that ch- ch- let me play devil's advocate. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let him finish cooking because okay. I wanna. I'm gonna come from a different angle. Okay. If if he if he got let's say let's say he was all scoring and could rebound a little bit or he was all all scoring and could get you five or six assists he he's averaging two assists like, he could get you 36. five he could he, okay so I, I I hear everybody's side of it and we pretty much all said this throughout the season. Now I'm gonna give the young man some bell. Um, he should have been getting 15 minutes right as a baseline, and depending on how his 15 minutes went, you can add on to about 25. Just if he if it's one of those nights, I think he did improve on his three point shooting. Right, mm-hmm. he became a 40 percent three point shooter. So. He's shown that if you tell him something, he can do it. Whether he wants to do it is the question, right? But now he's going into year three. The number one thing that you can ask anybody who's watched or played this sport and looked at the NBA, by year three, we know who you are and what you're going to be. Now, it's almost stunting his growth because he didn't get to have the mistakes of year two that you can go in the exit interview and say, hey, you need to do this, 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 and that. At this point, because they mismanaged him and he's so young, he's still childish. He, you know, he, he doesn't have that level of maturity where he can take the criticism because you see either he has resting bitch face or he's just always upset. You know, so... He, they have to come up now. They have to know now, not not in the season. Because if you don't figure out, yo, we're carving out this many minutes for him, and this is going to be his job, just to come in and hunt shots, then you got to get rid of him before at the at the draft while he still has value. You can't have him on your bench for three years, and you don't utilize him. Also. If you don't utilize the players that the GM is drafting, right, how long are you going to keep your job? If I keep drafting talent and you don't play it? Yeah. Because me, that, that means you're wasting draft picks. Me, me and you are on the same page, and he has a legitimate gripe. You know, just going back to you, if I'm Cam Thomas and I'm watching Curry and Harris also getting cooked on defense, Mm-hmm. But they're not putting the ball in the basket. And I'm 20 years old. Like you said, I'm in the mature 20-year-old. I'm like, I'm fucking these guys up in practice. These guys don't want to go one-on-one with me after practice. So, you know, like you just said and I said earlier, they either have to have a plan for him 
or ship him out. No one, don't bring him back and sit him on the bench all year. That's just worthless. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and, that, and that's something <clears throat> that I said in prior, in prior uh, pods that we've done. The GM and the coach has to be on the same page. People, people get mad with the Jason Kidd tenure here, right? But the one thing I'm always going to remember that he did, oh, everybody wanted Jordan Hill. Billy King said, you want me to get him? No, I'm not going to play him. I it, don't get more, it doesn't get more honest than that. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Even if I'm trying to take your job, how Jason Kidd was doing, right? I still was. <laughs> but think about it. He, he, he wanted Billy's job, but he still put the Nets first. No, don't go on the luxury tax, pay all that money for a play I'm not going to play. You know, Vaughn, you know what else to step up as a coach? I'm hoping he has a Mike Brown turnaround and don't, and I'm not saying, oh man, listen, listen to what I'm about to say. I knew, I know somebody here is going to feel like you is. I'm not saying coach of the year. I'm saying you didn't work out in Orlando, right? Whether it was front office, but you had talent there. I'm hoping that you sat on this bench, even though you got a chance to coach this year, he's actually getting a chance to build his own staff and he's going to have input on the roster, right? That you've learned and then said, okay, let me apply this. This is what I want to do and let's see if it works. You you know what else uh, contributed to his, to his downfall? Playing with James Harden. I think James Harden had a really negative effect on, and, and nah. maybe even the other superstars. I, like, the negative effect I saw was on not just Cam Thomas, but was also on Nick Claxton. He wasn't ready to party like that. Now Harden has got gone. He got a main girl. He cut his hair. He, he moved the hair extensions out of his hair. He, he, he's chilling on the beach by himself with, with one shorty. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like not that was a bad influence on, on Nick Claxton, but also a bad influence on Cam because Cam got this attitude like, coaches can't tell me, I, I get buckets. He yeah, but you know why you can't say that? Everything that we're frustrated with Cam about was the reason why he dropped the 27. True, true. I'm just so, talking about the attitude. No, he had that. The rolling he had that the eyes, the body. He had that. You know what I mean? He, when you get buckets, you get a sense of you get a you get a cockiness, and that's what he's been doing. Buckets get you in the league, right? That's you got to do the other things to stay in the league. So everything, if you even go back and listen to Bobby Marks when he talked about he helped train him for the interviews and all the issues that he that the that the GMs and other teams had about him. It's the same that we see now. This is him. He's a talent, but if he doesn't do the work to stay in the league. Doesn't matter if you're 21, you will be overseas somewhere. Yeah. Eves, no, take I... us take us to Royce. Take us to Royce, Eves. I know that's your guy. Yo, I want to put Royce in a cannon and shoot him to Atlanta. <laughs> I... Listen, the reason why Royce is a Sean Marks player, he loves players like Royce O'Neill. You know, the Otto Porters, the Allen Crabs, the Tyler Johnsons, the guys that he just bids way too much money for. And he gave up a first-round pick for Royce. Um, 
a, a team that a, after he traded all his first round picks for um, Royce. So if you have this dude, if, if you have this team, how many Royce O'Neals do you need? You have Cam Johnson. You have DFS. Now, I see a lot of people saying trade DFS does make sense. That does make sense. But I feel like Royce isn't the angry guy we need, isn't the tough guy we need, isn't the come down the lane and dunk on everybody guy that the Nets don't have enough of. I would rather get rid of Royce. And you know how I'd love to get rid of Royce, but we're not going to talk about that today. Thank you. I think Royce, I think Royce has had good moments. I think he's made big shots. But going forward, being conducive to winning, Royce's best role is a part of a trade to go get us something because he's well respected. He's got a good contract, but he need to get the hell up out of here. We got enough wings and uh enough three and D shooters. And I, I, I just can't see Royce dribbling the ball up anymore, playing playing point forward for, for the Nets. I, I just that that was nasty business. I can't do it. I, I need him going. Goodbye. Sam. Tell us about Royce, Sam. Yeah, I mean, so look, like I, I probably I'm I end up being kind of the minority on Royce. And Royce to me is like the epitome of uh opposite day because he came in here supposed to be a decent, you know, or he used to be a really good perimeter defender, and he was terrible with that this entire year. And instead, he kind of became something that I said early on in the year was he became a pretty good post defender, playing a little bit more like how P.J. Tucker does and being unable to kind of go around and run after the perimeter guys. And he had, like, you know, I believe it was his best, if not his second best shooting season ever. I mean, he shot up almost 40% from three and was really good on catch and shoot. He was miserable in the in the playoffs, which, I mean, is a bummer. But, I mean, no one, in the, no one for the Nets really looked that great in the playoffs. I definitely think he should be traded because I think that he's he's because I think that usually it takes teams longer to recognize that a player sucks on defense than it does that they're not good on offense. And Royce actually had a really good offensive season and was clutch. And as you said, he's really well liked and he's well respected. He's obviously like close with a lot of superstars in the league. He's also still he's not even 30 yet. And so. I think he's still probably, you know, he's, he's turning 30 soon, but he's still, he's still somewhat of an asset. And I think they should be able to get something for him. Um, but I think that, I mean, but he's a guy that you desperately want to be a year early on than a year late. It's similar to how I feel about DFS. Like these are guys that they can go from, you can get a first round pick or in the DFS case, it sounded like it could have been two first, but if they have a bad year, they immediately become a two seconds guy like look what happened to jay crowder and i think towing that line between being getting the first for a guy and getting two seconds is a pretty big gap but in in terms of value you can get back but it's obviously all it takes is a half a year or one year for that to happen and so you know i definitely think he should be gone i don't really see a place for him on the team i think that there are probably other guys that nets could get that could do what he does and he's still, I mean, he's so he's so undersized for the fact that he can't really play on the perimeter anymore. So he was a good he was a good net this year. I appreciate what he did. He was I, I thought he was a good piece for them when they had Katie and Kyrie there, but it's it just doesn't really make sense anymore. 
basically with Royce, I, I respect Royce and the effort he put forth, but he's on an expiring contract that's attractive for other teams, and we can't keep letting people walk out the door with nothing in return. And he's expendable now. We have bigger, better versions of what he does on the roster now. So I think, you know, Royce, you, you can find him a home. I'm sure Cleveland would like him sitting in that corner instead of um, you know, the kid they had there that couldn't hit a shot. Uh, Atlanta, he's got ties to uh, Snyder there. I'm sure they would love to bring him in. He'd kind of be a soldier in the locker room there. There'd be no shortage of teams. I'm sure uh, the Suns would enjoy him. You know, I don't know if they have anything to offer us, but we can get something of value back for him. I, I think that's almost a no-brainer that he'll be gone. Okay, so I'm torn. I hear – and the reason why is – so I think you wait until the deadline, which is I know a little bit backwards, but a contender will still give you a first-round pick for him. Um, I think – I think you know, I was one of the people that was – Offer him early because I didn't think he lived up to the first round pick in the beginning. But he, I also can can say he probably wasn't in his best position. It wasn't until the trade that you got to really see his value. For me, you know, I know that he hit big shots, but like you said, you don't want him being your 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 basically your backup point guard. Um, he was basically our starting four. And back up, and point back up point. Yeah. <laughs> before the trade. And, yeah, know. and so I look at it and say, I think he stays because his contract is only two point five million guaranteed. Um, I think I think they wait. I think that the elephant in the room is: Do you think DFS shooting splits were bad because of the surgery he just had that he needed, or do you just think? When he got here, he was asked to do too much. And that was the downfall of this play. If it's the latter, then you got to trade DFS. Now, Clay, I would assume it's on a certain date that Roy's contract becomes fully guaranteed, right? Um, I didn't see the day for it yet. I just see 2.5 is guaranteed. I think that and- is true. I think there is a date that it becomes guaranteed. But even that, it's nine point five million. Even, even, even that yeah. on an expiry. No, it's a really good deal. I mean, even even if he still sucks on D and is like even a little bit worse than what he was on at three, it's still a good deal. I mean, nine point five in this NBA is basically nothing. Yeah, yeah he's making he a million guard, more than Clax. He can guard bigger wings still. He rebounds well. He shuts the fuck up and comes to work. And, and you know, and he he's an adult ball. in the room. He's our glue guy. Every out, yes, every coach. Yeah, would I, him I think, but I think history with the Nets is is not going to be long. If if at the at the worst or at the most, <laughs> um, he's here for the the remainder of his contract. He's not going to be a part of what these Nets are going to going to be. And no, I no, feel no. like just like what we were saying, just like what we were saying earlier, you need dudes who are who like. Other teams don't want to fight Doe. They don't want to fight DFS. Dorian Finney-Smith is known in, in the league for that, and the Nets don't have enough players like that. We tried to bring in a rich, satisfied Morris brother to do it. They, they, they're not about that life anymore. But 
Doe commands respect, and he has the respect of the league. He could, he's, 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 his contract's much higher, but it's longer too. He could, he could settle in and be that physical enforcer that we don't have enough of. We, we've got too many Boy Scouts. Um, okay, the issue becomes with Doe that 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 we that we know to be true. I think he he might not be a starter here, and he might not be a starter if ten is healthy. Yeah, so to me, like I don't DFS has nothing to do with Royce to me personally. Like I just know I'm not resigning Royce after this year. So I'm, and, and he has value. I'm getting something back. No, no, and that's why I said at that, worst, yeah, you wait to the trade deadline because if he's having a good season, you could get more at the end because that's what the arms race. The arms race is so the same position. They do. I believe they do. They're both fours. Yeah, they they both guard bigger players and shoot from the corner. The only difference, yeah. the only difference is Finney Smith is bigger and stronger. And more athletic, right? And more athletic and, and younger, well, and, he, a, and, he, and he has a long-term contract. But the one and thing, Royce is the better shooter. The one thing, yeah. the, the one thing I have to say though, and this is the reason why I do think those guys do relate to each other, is and, and I really, th- and I, I know I just said this, but I really think this point shouldn't shouldn't um, be understated. Is the Nets are as much as the Nets have a lot of assets. They also have a lot of guys that, to me, really, really, really are teetering. And I think one thing we've seen in the NBA, especially, which is something I've been surprised by, is the NBA has really become a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, yep. where where guys, like, it, it, when guys have a bad three months, I mean, it's over. I mean, like, look, we're talking in our text chat about having how we have no interest in Jordan Poole, who is arguably, like, you know, the third-best player on a title team last year, and DeAndre Aiden who was arguably the second or third best player on a team that went to the finals two years ago. And I think, like, all that is to say is that for guys like DFS and Royce who aren't even – who don't even have – who, first of all, are older, and second of all, don't have close to, like, the quote-unquote, you know, sexy asset vibe that any of the other younger guys I just named have. Like, I think you've got to take advantage of when of when these guys' value is, is where they are. Like, and – Maybe DFSs right now will get built back up because it was because he, he didn't shoot that well. I personally think that it seems like the league really likes him, and I, I and, think, and, and I'm not sure. I'm with that, you, Sam. Yeah, and I I'm think not, his value is what it is. I don't, and, and I'm not sure it really took that much of a hit because, like, because I think people kind of look at that Nets team as a hodgepodge and like and whatever. But I just think that you know, like, if you can capitalize on getting value for Royce and DFS. When it's really in the grand scheme of things, it's just not that hard to get guys who do seventy-five to eighty percent of what they do. And if you can get first, I'm not saying trade them for the sake of trading them. Like that's stupid. And if and if you want to do a cool says and wait until the deadline when teams are desperate, I'm totally fine with that. I just think that what you don't want to have is you don't want Royce and DFS to turn into you know the Jay Crowders of the world, or even like I mean, look, I mean, look what happened to Duncan Robinson. Like these or guys. Look at that, Seth. What do you say? Look at Seth. You don't right, want like you just that. you you don't want these these role player guys that everyone's obsessed with, and then teams get high off their own supply, and they get you know they they have a bad six months, and then they're deemed untradeable. Which I don't think either of those guys are there, and they're and they're both on better contracts than a guy like Duncan Robinson. I just think you got to be really, really, really opportunistic with training guys like these. I think DFS is going. Um, 
draft night. And I keep saying this, I think he's going to Memphis. He's going to be the piece that gets us that point guard. He looks like a Memphis Grizzly, too. He they, does. They, think like about he it. They the got profile. guys like that. We need Memphis yeah. Grizzly type guys, and not Dylan Brooks either. You know, we, well, we also, I, I also want to say this before we move on to the next player because I think this is very important for the guys we're talking about now. The reason why I say you get rid of DFS is not only to get Jones because I, I like him. No, I'm looking at the CBA also, the new one that, that comes into play June 1st, I mean July 1st. So now think about it. A dude like Royce that made $9.5 million, there's no middle class in the NBA now. So you won't have a role player like Jeremy Grant that's making 30 million as a role player, right? So those dudes that were getting the 15 are now going to get the 10. It's going to be a trickle down effect. So a dude like Royce in the new CBA is like five. So that to me, you get rid of DFS, you can get the same DFS for seven. Yeah, that's how that, I'm that looking makes, at that it. That makes sense. It, it does make sense, but we haven't had a DFS type of player in no you 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 you're a hundred percent correct we've been devoid we of that type of player for the last seven years like like okay so we know DFS is Otto Porter and it's not the same at all and okay but look at role. but look at it this way you're losing Seth for nothing right Seth's gone I think I I I think Seth might be back I really do if Seth is back and I'm telling the Parthorn fans now if Seth is back don't look for Kool-Aid with nothing with Nets than this year. I'm on a sabbatical. <laughs> no, that 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 would really be mal, general manager malpractice. It was general manager malpractice with Seth when they didn't train. When you him didn't get rid. And, Yo, and we, that's, that's another reason why I'm scared of this whole whole um, Royce O'Neal thing because Sean Marks will hold on to Royce O'Neal until his contract runs out. Like he he falls in love with those type of players all the time. They remind him of him. How, how? he was six foot eleven doofus? Like what? what is yeah, he but think about it. He was a role player that that just did his role and sat the bench. It was a positive energy guy. All he's doing is bringing guys that emulate him. That's it. Oh, but that's <laughs> think about it. He 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 he. Think, you don't remember him doing much nowhere. Sons anywhere. He's just a journeyman. But yeah. I think when you're looking at it in that aspect of the CBA, you have to, you then have to say if your GM is average, right? If you have an average GM, you know you got to get off of Joe Harris, right? At some point this season, you're getting off of Joe Harris. Um, you want to get off of Patty. You have, they have three expiring contracts that they need to get off of. Like, and I'm not mad if you telling me you're getting off of Joe Harris and you're breaking his money down for two other players because you could still move a player on $9 million. Here to me, the, the main difference between Joe, DFS, and Royce is I think Royce and DFS have value to other teams in terms of they're going to want yep. those guys to come play for us, whereas Joe would be, just be like a money-making deal work guy as of expiring. Yeah, Joe is a San Antonio Spur. If I'm if I'm if I'm uh if I'm um 
Pop and uh, Marks because they can get San Antonio could get something for um, McDermott. I would bring Joe in to replace him. Pretty much almost the same money, I believe, or a couple of million off. Give those two second round picks you gave up, you got for Crowder that you didn't use for Seth. Give them to Joe, get off Joe. You got to pay Cam. And that's the issue. They have to make some of these moves because of the financial implications yeah. that come. He's, he's, he's going to want to clear up the books for sure. Well, he has no choice. We in the we we in the dreaded repeated repeated thing. Yeah. And I think for us, it's and we would have been out of the repeated thing if they just traded Curry at the deadline. If they just traded, like, I'm firing marks for that alone. If they had just traded Curry at the deadline, they wouldn't be in danger of being in the repeater. Like, because right now we're ten million less than the luxury tax. Right, the luxury tax starts at sixty-two, one hundred and sixty-two million. Um, and that's the number we got to play with. Now that's counting draft picks. That's counting if we use the taxpayer mid-level exception, which I think this year, if you use it, it's it's a it's a bargain because of the new CBA. You get to do for three years for like twenty-one million or twenty-four. That that's a steal. Right. So if you can get a Nas Reed on something like that. And he got an opportunity to really play because I know everybody likes Nas Reed. That's how you got to cook. Um, Nas Reed can't get twenty million though. Twenty mil? For, I said for three years. Oh, oh, okay. you, got, you got you got to pay attention to that. <laughs> now, I'll hit us with this one. I'll, I'll start us off on Cam J. Huh. So Nets fans. You know, he's cool. Your take is controversial. I think you should go yeah. last. No, no, no. No, no. That's why I'm going first. So we uh, all got yeah. to introduce somebody. Um, uh, so Cam Johnson, whoo, 27 years old. Hmm. All right. My thing is you got to keep him, but there's a number where you sign and trade him. Yep. And the, re- and the I reason agree. Why, and the reason why I'm saying this is I think that Mikel Bridges is an anomaly, meaning a player doesn't normally have that jump in year five, right? Unless you saw the flashes early and he was being held back. So that may be the case for Mikel Bridges, that he was being held back from with CP3 holding the ball and Devin being the um, focal point of the offense. Fine. I'm cool with giving him anywhere from 18 to 22. But if he gets 25, I'm not going to flip out about 3 million. That ain't my money. You may you may have to overpay a little bit, but you shouldn't because he's he's your he's your player. Uh I I listened to Howard Beck and he was like, "Well, you can't lose him." They they can't lose him. He's a restricted free agent. All they got to do is match. Clay, you've been reading my diary, bro. Nah, this is this is just <laughs> you're saying. This, I, I agree with everything you're saying right now. So we have to start looking at. It's not disrespectful if you if you telling your your potential free agent. Listen, we got the new CBA coming out. We're trying to build a team. I'm not trying to knock your value. I think this is a good number that allows us to add more players to help y'all win. Right? Okay, you could be upset about the number. You can go find. They could say, "All right, nah, we don't want that." That's what part of the negotiating. 
Now, somebody like Houston that has 60 million, they're not going to just jump out for Cam Johnson, right? We also get two or three days to start negotiating early. So before the draft, we would have already negotiated with Cam about his contract. That's something new in the CBA. You can deal with yours first. Now, in saying that, it's only one day to match, right? But if I'm if I'm if I'm um, somebody who's looking at the top tier first and then working their way down, you what? can either tell him, "Hey, they want you. They got a bigger role for you," or we could sign and trade for you if that's where you really want to go. Because you don't know how he might feel. He might because you can't. I, to me, you can't justify paying him more than Mikael Bridges. I would give him at most the same contract, the four for ninety. Yo, so when did when did the uh, matching window drop on down to twenty four hours? It's the new CBA. Yeah, that's that's very recent. That's just this year. It's yeah, so that, that makes it very difficult. It's yeah, way so, better. Yeah, it, it stops all the BS of it stops of the crap with it. Yeah, because you know what they were doing? They were letting the people do the um offer the contract, and then you got three days to hold a money up. You could do all your moves and then come back and say, "Yeah, I match." And yep. you tied their money up where they couldn't do it. No, you got 24 hours. You you know what that's telling you? The NBA is telling all of us something and nobody's listening. On That's net fans. One, you better have a plan, right? <laughs> so I'm giving you one day. This is your guy or not. You should. You need to know that before that day even happens. That's why they give you a couple of days to, to already negotiate. But they, you know, it's for the fake tampering rules. You should already know what Cam Johnson wants. When right. the season ended, you should have known what he was looking for. They act the like it, though. They act like they know what he wants and, and they know they're going to pay him. Listen, at 30 million, anything over 25, I got to, you got to start looking. Like, yo, what did he do for 25, for over 25? Right. Because you don't, you don't want to keep him just because you feel like you have to. Yeah. And, and now you have a new bad contract on your hands. Because if you but, tell me Houston is going to offer him big money, I tell you, give me Kenyon Martin Jr. Go get me the um, what, Springer, Springer, Spunk, whatever his at. Yeah, you know, give, me my, give me one of my picks back. Yeah, and call it a day. Yeah, I would, um, I've got nothing to add. You, you basically, you, you, you spoke for me. I got nothing you to know, add. You know, I love the guy, but it's kind of hard for me to believe two twenty-seven year olds that didn't never was the focal point are going to take that leap. So, go ahead, go ahead, Sam. You cook. Yeah, I'm stepping I mean, out the like, kitchen. I think I, <laughs> I think I like. I mean, I agree with the concept of what you guys are saying. I just think that look at the end of the day, like usually the team that's trading the guy in the sign and trade usually is not getting, you know, equal value in part because you're, 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 you're kind of uh, you kind of you're back against the wall. And look, you could then respond by saying, well, then we'll just keep him anyway, no matter what the money is. I personally think that Cam Johnson can get better. Do I think that he's going to become a star or even a fringe all-star? Like, no. And I also think that, you know, I think right now people are reacting to the whole money situation. But there's also nothing at, at the new CBA, but there's also nothing wrong with having, you know, some bigger contracts because because Cam Johnson's going to be movable at all at all points. Like he's he 
he's really, really, really well liked around the league. That's why you've seen so many teams that even who don't have cap space or whatever are, are interested in him. Like, you know, the Thunder have been, have been rumored to be interested, the Houston, Detroit, like the Spurs. Like, I think he's going to have a market, and maybe that'll help if they try to sign and trade him. But I just think generally he's someone that I think that if you wanted to end up trading, you could get more value once – once he's actually eligible to be traded after, you know, the moratorium period and after he signs and restricted free agency versus trading him right now. Like I'd much rather, you know, hold on to him for a little bit and see what he has because his value is not going to really go down. And I also think that he is a good player and, and, and like, I, I still don't think his money is going to be that crazy. I mean, he's like a six foot eight, you know, 40% no, three point shooter. That plays I agree. Defense. I agree with everything you're saying, Sam, right? But I'm also looking at it from an agent's point, right? My client came here in the playoffs. He averaged this, right? I got you. You know, you could feel agents always going to feel that if their clients perform, I got you over the battle. I know the position you're in. You can ask for a max, right? That's his right. That's the agent's right to ask for a max. And if you if you could say, I got these amount of teams that want me, I don't want to feel like. I want him. I don't. I don't want people to misconcept, have the misconception that I don't want Cam, Cam Johnson on our team. I'm just saying, for me, you can't just keep him at thirty million because you think later on somebody's going to take him. That's a bad contract in right. the new CBA if he's not giving you twenty plus. But there why has is that? To, there has to be a walk away contract because it's almost a max contract. So, so the same way you were looking at um, Joe, 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 Joe Harris contract at 20, right? That's because he's a bad asset right now at $20 million. And not to say that they're the same player. I'm just showing you the difference of when the money increased, that contract looked like, you know, it was a steal, a bargain at 17. Now they're telling you, they want you to build the correct way. Now, $30 million would still, and you still have um, Ben Simmons' money on here. You, you, you still got, um, so was it? Well, Ben is the biggest contractor. Yeah, Ben, and then you yeah. have, you know, what Bridges. You if they re-sign Claxton, now you're locking in your cat. I mean, Sam, you have to have some sort of walkaway number. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, but he's not. But okay, but he's not gonna get. He's not you, getting, you know, a Zion Williamson restricted max offer. Like he's just, he's like, no one's, no one's gonna give him that. And I think that, like, he's. I mean, you guys keep on using the word max, and like, no, I mean, I'm saying if you've given him, so okay, if you give him twenty five, that's you giving him a hundred million dollars for four years, right? Sure, right. Okay, now somebody decides, y'all, I want to give him one twenty for four years. No way. No, yeah, no, no way bad. he's a $120 million dude. No, he's not. Right, but would you rather have Cam Johnson at 30 or trading him for like 60 cents on the dollar? Well, you can't say 60, 60 cents, cents on the dollar. He's not a dollar. Like, don't do that. Like, no, 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 but I'm just saying, no, 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 no. It's not, no, no. It's not, it's no, not I mean, a dollar like, like LeBron is a dollar. I'm saying 60% of what Cam Johnson is. 60. You might get... You you might get more than sixty percent. I don't think so. I, I would these restricted free agent trades never work. So Sam, I would do the sixty percent and just have my books clear. Not even that. You so don't want to have to do it. Books clear yeah, depends. What? 
Yeah, it depends yeah, on I mean, who no one ever go- gets to free agency anymore. Yeah, but hold on. Really Are get- you saying it's not easy to make a trade when you don't have to match salaries? I think it's definitely is. I think it's a little bit easier. Because the other team you're trading with is capped out. Just think about what you just said. That doesn't make sense. If he gets 20, okay, let's just say he gets $23 million a, this year. That would make that would make him like the 60th most like highest. No, that's paid. a great deal. That's a great deal. That's what I'm saying. If you gave him the, the, the same deal as Bridget, the four for 90, great deal. You say you gave him four, you know, 400. Okay, I live with that. It's when you start going over that and you start talking about 120, 130. Yeah, but that's he's not. But but he's not going to get that because that's the type of money that like you know DeAndre Aiden got coming like getting the the restricted max, and he's not getting he's not getting that money. Yeah, okay, I, I, look, I, I would agree with you that he probably won't. But I, I, I for the sake of the that. conversation, yeah. there has to be that walk away. But why? So, okay, but this is my question. All right, and I think I think this is what uh, this is actually interesting for the purpose of the pod because it seems like we have me and Eve versus versus Bam and Cool. Like <laughs> I I I personally like like unless you to, look if you told me that they were able to tr- like trade Cam Johnson to you know the Spurs and get like Devin Vassell and and contracts and something like that, that's one thing because then you're getting a real asset back. But like what I don't want is like getting. Trading Cam Johnson for Kenyon Martin Jr. and salary filler and like maybe a pick to me is like that's that, that's moving backwards. That's like th- that to me is not what a smart team does. I'd way rather have Cam Johnson at his money and he could be used at like as as a salary in a trade to end up getting like a star later down the road. On top of the fact that he like is still getting better. I mean the guy has been playing as like a as like a sixth man for three or four years. Uh, look, that, that, that's ask, a fair point. Let me add yeah, something to that, too. Yeah, yeah, this, listen, the Nets have been bending backwards for these superstars this last four years. And they now have a guy in Mikael Bridges who's not a New York City guy, who's not a go-to-the-clubs guy. He's a play, he's a walk-his-dog along the promenade guy. He's not you you don't take away the one player that makes him have his comfort zone in in the guy they call his twin. We got to stop doing that too. If you're going to say about the superstars and bending over backwards, you got to stop worrying about their friends. If that you just contradicted what you said. No, 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 no. no. I didn't because if we were willing to do it and the, and not you cool but a lot of people were saying you give the superstars whatever you want so you can keep them, right? However, this is not even about that. This is about chemistry. This is about how do you get the very best out of Mikael Bridges? And if that means paying, and, and you're right, both you're, everybody's right. There is a walkaway number, but it's there's no way Cam is going to ask for more money than Mikael. Or ten million dollars. You know what? Let's not let's not be naive. He is going to ask for. He's going to ask for. That's like like, that's business. When you went look at the quarterback situation. Every quarterback asks for more than the last one got. This is the first time he's being a free agent, right? Where he can actually ask for whatever he wants to ask for. That's his representation. You know, job. The Mm -hmm. more he makes, the more they make. 
They'd be a fool not to ask for big money. Then that's part of negotiating. When when I used to go, when I used to be begging <laughs> that Sean Marks would trade for Aaron Gordon to give us an athletic power forward that could defend wings, um, that's good enough to defend superstar wings. I used to have a list of players that that could potentially play that same type of rules. I mean, play, play that same type of role and then also be three and D shooter. And Cam, I've been looking at Cam Johnson for a long time as, as a perfect role player for the Nets. Now, is he 25 worth 25 million? No, he's not. I guess you would have to walk away at that at that point. No, 25, you can give it to him because if you're gonna 22 or, or 25 hundred million, yeah. Up, above 25 is crazy for me. That that's yeah, and that's all but, I'm okay, saying. but 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 for the purposes of this conversation though, let's say it is more than that. So I mean, do, do you want to walk away and get nothing? Like I just don't really I don't really yes, that, okay, Sam. So this is the part that you're not understanding. That 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 I, I know he's not a regular free agent. So walking away doesn't mean that the Nets don't get anything. They can dictate the terms of the sign and trade, right? And if but it's they, not but, up, but just hold on, hold on. Let me. There doesn't it. have to be a sign and trade. Though. Yes, it does. He's a restricted free agent. All they have right. to do so, is shut up. This is no, what the Nets could do. But they the could Nets, also just not. What? Well, okay. Well, wait. They're not going to they do match, that. Yeah. They're not going to do that. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. If he says, if he says, yo, okay, well they're giving me this number. You're not going to give it to me. Then that's Sean Mark's job to call that organization. Okay, listen, you want this guy. Let's do a sign and trade. He will still if, get the money. That doesn't then, have to do a sign and trade. Yeah, he doesn't have to. They all have they all have to. No, he's they don't. Yeah. Could you wow. stop for a second? And I'm about to explain why. This is why I say y'all don't understand. When you're a restricted free agent or coming off your rookie deal, your team owns your rights. Any team can put any any offer they want on the table. All the Nets got to do is say we match. Yeah, so if right. You, so if you so then stop saying they can't. The reason know, why you said, do this, the reason why the you Nets shouldn't match at a certain listen, level. Let's listen, say they offer twenty-seven mil. Okay, I'm about to Eves. Please, let me, please let me explain. That's what I was doing. Okay. So if the Nets have the power to match any offer, right? They don't know what the Nets walkaway is, right? So if the team really wants the guy. They will do the sign and trade with the Nets. If they don't do the sign and trade, they don't get the play. The Nets just match it. And then they'll do what Sam said later on. We'll just trade them later. That's all the Suns did with Aiton. That's exactly what happened. So I don't know why y'all looking. I know, but look how hard it's going to be to trade Aiton now. The reason why, but you know why? Because the reason why it's hard to trade Aiton now is because Aiton quit twice in a playoff. It has nothing to do with his talent. No, but it has to do with Aiton, though. It has to do yeah, with... Yeah, but if we look right, at but that, that doesn't Johnson, apply to Cam Johnson. That, that doesn't apply to a dude who comes to the... Like, at the end of the day, this is a job, right? So we keep talking about the personal aspect of a job. If if a player can get up and go when he want to get up and go and ask the trade and the team could trade a player when they want, as a professional when 27 years old, that you've just been traded from the one place you've been, you understand now. This is a business. I want to get as much as I can get because you can do whatever you want. The organization also has to look at it and say, hey, we got to build and we got to build the correct way. I just because- think that I think I think we're having an argument to a certain extent about about leverage. And I think that when you actually get down to it, if if, if a team gives Cam Johnson a massive offer that the Nets do, at the end of the day don't want to match 
or, 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 the, or they don't want him for that value, then at that point, you're putting the team in a precarious spot where they're, where, where they're either get, like, uh, they're you're either getting him back, they're either getting <laughs> him back, knowing that with Cam Johnson, knowing that they don't really want him back for that number, which is why restricted free agency ends up getting really, really messy with players, or, or you're now stuck with one team that you can make a trade with and the, le- and, and, and the uh, leverage at that point really uh, switches. And so I think that's why I think this whole conversation is kind of, t- t- to me, it has a ton of downside and very little upside. Well, I, like I also think we use the wrong term in terms of like saying the walkaway price. I think the better way to look at it is there's a price that when it hits, we would now prefer to execute a sign and trade. Knowing though that if we're not getting the proper value, or the other team is not willing to, you know, uh, collaborate with you, they say no. We're going to sign him to this offer sheet. We want him, but we're not willing to give up assets for him. Then yeah, the Nets would probably be forced to in that situation. Right. Bite the bullet, match the contract. Exactly. I, I think for me and Clay are kind of saying though, you start hitting that 26, 27, 28. I'm okay with them. You know, doing a deal where they get some, you know, a young player and some draft picks back, or maybe a draft pick back, and keep the cap space for the future. Uh, but yes, they can't just let them walk out of the door for like a second round pick or something. I, I, I doubt that. I doubt that happens. And and I'm just using names that I could remember off the top of my head when I say Kenya Martin. I just I right. would take I would take the dude that post up that Turkish dude. I like him. You're not yeah. getting that guy. Yeah, he's you don't, he's, he's legit. Listen, listen. <laughs> And you're not stop. getting them. And, and the thing stop. is, what stop if saying what we stop saying what, if, what we not going to get? You got to let me you, say something before I could. You could tell me oh, what not to say that we're going to get. I'm no, saying, that wasn't that wasn't like, you. Okay. Sam said. Sam said we're not getting him. What if a, <laughs> what if a team like OKC comes after him? They have all the cap room in the world. They don't have to trade anything. They could offer him all the money that they want. And and bring in and bring in a guy that would fit, you know, their organizational. They books are not that big. They they books are not that big to outbid us. Where's where the walkaway number? They don't have that much capital. Well, even if they hypothetically did, Eves, right? But let's say they did, and they offer him four years, one twenty. But they say, look, we're not going to give you anything for him. We don't. We're not willing to give up assets from. We're only willing to give him cap space. Then, you know, that's the question is, would I let him walk or do I bite the bullet? I, it's easy for me to say I'd let him walk. You know, most likely they would have no, to gonna, bite the bullet. They, yeah, they're going to bite the bullet and then in a year or two, he'll be gone to another team. Like, I mean, so all so I'm that, That's really to Sam's point is like, you know, he would still maintain some value there and maybe a larger trade. No, uh, I'm not, so, so for me, when I'm saying it, I'm saying it as this this organization has to now have a real plan. So we're 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 coming from it from different angles, but I understand what Sam is saying. And that's why I kept saying even if you do the signing trade, if that don't work and you resign them, you're looking to move them in a year. Yeah, I guess my my point and my last point about this uh, is you look at so last year, right? Last year, Aiden actually had real value going into the summer, and Miles Turner was at the nadir of his value, and 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 that was basically going to be close to a straight up trade with maybe Indiana giving like a little bit of sweetener, 
and that and 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 that was basically like a restricted free agent uh, trade, which is why I think like at the end of the day, the team that's losing the asset almost always loses that trade because you're because it, it's like it's basic leverage. You don't have six different teams that are vying for one guy. It's basically it's basically when the team that has the guy doesn't really want him anymore, and everyone knows it. And so, well, well, see, but that's the leverage the Nets have. You won't know if they want him at what number or not until you make your until you make your play. And because it's only a day now, things will start happening fast. Like, I'm yeah, but they'll sure... get a vibe. I mean, agents get a vibe of whether people yeah. are interested or not. Yeah, but I believe he's coming back. Like, I, like I said, I want him back. I just don't want to overpay for our own guy, and he knows what we're trying to do here. Like, at some at some point, you know, we 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 got to get we got to get a team. Yeah, yeah but at the same time, you you gotta have like like you guys said, you gotta have a plan. They they can't let this dude go go. They they probably should have already have a deal that they agreed to right now. And well, but that's not going to happen because if Cam Thomas is going to want to listen, unless that's blow him away. Cam Johnson, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. Unless he's there, blow him away. Unless they offer him four years, one twenty, well, his agent's going to say no. We're going to talk to other teams. Well, and that's why he turned down four years, seventy two. Right. right, which was a good right. move by him. <laughs> yeah, cool. Do you want four, four for eighty? You don't like that number? Okay, this is this is the number we comfortable. It'd be eighty-five to ninety, right? That's putting them right with 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 um bridges. Those are movable, great contracts that even later on they will have value, even when the new money kicks in. Now, I'm just looking at it saying you can't do too much more if you can't get off of Joe Harris. And now you paid this man thirty million dollars. Like you paying him for a max, then dude, we're gonna need twenty plus. Sixteen ain't gonna cut it. Well, that's where I think the idea of like you know the the Cy will like what he's what he should or should not be willing to spend type of thing. Yeah, yeah. but but that, that that also goes back onto the idiot GM. Have you got rid of the six point <laughs> nine million dollars this last trade deadline? This conversation we having, we right. would be having it, but it would be it'd be because it would be more like okay, well, we wasn't a luxury tax team last right, year, right? But even if they, but even if they had gotten off the Curry money, with how much we think Cam Johnson's going to get on on top of whatever's going to happen with some of these other, with, on top of, but Brady, you're not a repeater, right? It's the repeater is the that's problem. That's it, Sam. That's all. Like because it would have been a break if they would have got off of Seth. That means last year they wasn't a luxury tax paying team. It kind of resets, right? But don't so, they? Ha- I thought they have until the draft to to to, to settle. No, that. it's no, it's it's the last day of the regular season. Yep. So that's why they give you the time to um. If you see teams when they start waving the buyout market, it's before the end of the regular season. So those numbers that you buy them out for, that's the number that's on your books, not what they actually made. And. And bigger than that, I, I feel is like it's like if you allow yourself to lose any more chemistry, because it's not it's not just it's not just what it costs to pay him, it's what it costs to replace him. Where are you gonna find another six nine forty percent shooter from three um, that could play four that could play the four and the three in the positions that you need? And and honestly, in the playoffs, he was getting. He was getting KD numbers. <laughs> he was getting the numbers KD was getting. 
in Phoenix. And you know what I'm saying? I, I, I just think they that you know cooler heads gotta prevail. They gotta make this happen somehow. Like they can't lose that guy. No, yeah, he's not he's he's not gonna go anywhere. I'm 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 truly hoping that they already got the number. Because yeah. like I said, they get to work it out before he can talk to anybody else. Now, if his agent just wanna be a jerk and say, oh, yo, we want to test it, you kind of know you don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, I think after all that arguing, I think we all agree he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? This made for good pie. 100%. And he wants to be back. He wants to be back. Y'all agree, right? Like his actions, yeah. the way he's been talking, you know. He'll be back. He'll Any be back. predictions for the Heat tonight? It should be over. Is it Miami? Uh, it's in Miami. They better oh, yeah. win tonight. Yeah, but they have the Scott Foster as the ref who the Heat are like 0-10 against. Yeah, if that happens again, he needs to leave me like it, – it, it, it's disgusting. It Didn't he rest? Like, it, it, it's disgusting. Um, I'm, I'm going to focus on the Lakers game. If the Lakers don't win tonight, their season is over. They're 100%. not going to win – they're not going to win back at Golden State. I, I think both teams need to win tonight. I think Miami could win in the Garden. Though. They would have a better chance than the Lakers would. You know, yeah. I don't. Have you guys enjoyed watching that? The like the names and the glitz of it. But when you watch these Laker Warriors games, it's like watching two really. I agree. I think it has not been a fun series to watch. Yeah, you know why though? It's because of the style. For the Lakers to win, they front court has to um take over, right? Yeah. For Golden State to win, it's the guards. Here's the secret. Whenever the Lakers guards have good games, the Lakers win, right? Because that means now they match somewhat of the firepower of the, of the Golden State Warriors guards. And whenever Golden State has one, they got good front court production. Uh, like, Raymond I, I've been, just I, had 21 10. I have thoroughly just, enjoyed the whole playoffs. Oh, this was an exciting playoff. I, 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 I've, like, I'm up every night watching these. Like, usually I don't watch like the West Coast games. I'll watch the first half. I, I thought with my Nets depression, I would be out on it. But I've been watching every series. And I, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying the Lakers. Yo, think, uh, of the beauty, think of the beauty of that series, though. It's a seven versus six. Right. And like, like that number don't even sound change. right. It's, it's you're you're seeing you're seeing a new era in the league like that. Chris Paul, Durant, you know, like you could even throw you could even throw um Daniel it's, it's the new faces in the league, the new superstars. All this, all the if you look at the All NBA team, everybody in that first team is like twenty nine and under. It's young. Is it's a different group, and that's what's made this playoff so fun. It's watching, it's watching teams that 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 couldn't get over the hump, like Denver, starting to get. They may be disappointed at the end. But I think they go to the finals this year. Um, but it's watching guys like Jokic go to that next step at the at the. I don't program. know who's beating them. I'm sorry, I don't know who's beating them. I think you're right, Clay. Yeah, I don't think Gold, I don't think Golden State would have any chance. I think the Lakers maybe just because they can match the physicality, but I, I I think they're the best team in the league. And AD don't want to be physical. Yeah, I, I think they're the best team in the league, and 
you know, you don't get to see Denver play a lot, but you just, you know, you look at the standings, you're like, oh, you know, it's Denver. And then you turn the playoffs on, and it's like, yo, these guys can out-muscle you. They can shoot. They have the best passer in the league playing. They have a seven-foot Jason Kidd who could also <laughs> give you 40. Yep. You know. yep. so. he's, a, he's a monster. I, I, do we all agree Um, uh, Jokic is the best player in the league right now? He's one of them. He's yeah. I mean, it's just splitting hairs. It's about three to the of top, them. But he's, he's three in the of mix. them, and they're all centers. Who's your Who's your three? And B, Giannis, and Joker. That's not even a. <laughs> yeah, I I, 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 I take I take Curry over Embiid any day. Okay, uh, that but but yeah. all I'm saying yeah, is I, the man I, just was MVP. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Hey, I, I gotta go do some work, guys. Let's have a good day. All right, all right. Pop thorn, peace, guys. Peace. Peace.